Welcome to The Do Zone, where we talk with real entrepreneurs doing real work who share their best tips, tricks, and stories about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me how you get things done. Every week, I'll pick the best post to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're already at six figures in your business, you're looking to hit seven this year. There are three key shifts you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to IamFactor1.com now, and I'll not only share exactly what those three key shifts are, but also how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's IamFactor1.com. Today's guest is Miguel Brambila. He is a Mexico City transplant living in Austin, Texas for 10 years. He has over 20 years of professional experience in the hospitality and leisure industry with a master's in strategic management. Miguel, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me. So I would say that probably, not probably, I'm sure that consistency is always better than talent. And that will make you achieve whatever you want, regardless of your limitations. If you pursue something and be very tough, you will get it. Consistency is always better than talent. I like that. That's a strong, that's a strong opener there. I, I have not been good at very many things in my life, Miguel. Uh, but I have been consistent at a lot of things. And uh, was just talking last night uh, with a group of people. I went to this improv class. Have you ever done an improv class? No, never. It, Would love to. It's pretty intimidating at first because you have to like invent things on the spot and you have to try to be clever and entertaining and funny. And like, if you're not used to doing that, it's just like, Ugh. but we got to talking about it and I realized I'm pretty good at this, not because I'm clever and creative and funny, but because I have recorded more than 500 podcast episodes in my life. And just the fact that I have to come up with something on the spot so many times. If I go back to when I first started, my very first episode of my first podcast, it was horrible. I had no talent whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but what I did have was I had consistency. And that's what brought us here today, man. It's a great point. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, you don't have to have everything. It's good to not know you don't know and that's fine you don't have to worry about that the problem is that if you're not open to learn you will never be there hmm. yeah well said it's a yeah you dude you're like a you're like the ultimate mexican fortune cookie here man this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> the uh the, the churro the the fortune churro the fortune churro <laughs> that's awesome and so uh but but yeah you really uh you don't have to know everything uh and that's okay uh they're you know you're really striking a nerve with me in in several places because i i was always of the belief that in order for me to be respected in order for people to take me seriously i had to go and know all of the things 
Like there was so much to know in the world that, uh, that I had to go and figure that out first because obviously all these people that were already getting attention, they uh, had already figured it out. I need to go and learn it. But there's one thing I want to ask you about because I know that you're into AI. And this is a great segue, I think. Back when I was just learning about the world and how it worked in the 90s, uh, you know, a, I'm a child and, you know, I'm getting into my teenage years in the 90s and the world seemed smaller. It seemed like there was less to know. It seemed like there was less information out there to go and collect and gather. And if you and if you go back at like exp, uh, information grows exponentially. Um I think I think it was is it Moore's law that talks about data doubling every two and a half years or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Intel they do that like every other year I think they just make their chips smaller and with yeah. double the capacity. Right. Crazy. And so, and, and so if we take that and extrapolate the amount of information available, let's say that it correlates. We go back 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. The amount of information available was a fraction of what's available now. I've come to the realization as information has exponentially grown, it's not possible for me to know all of the things. There's too much to know now. And that's okay. And that's you don't okay. Have to worry about that. And that's okay. And so because we have these tiny little feeble brains that were barely capable of understanding everything there was to know 200,000 years ago and they have not received an upgrade since then. Now, we have AI to help us and make us a little bit kind of bionic if you will. And I want you to tell me about that because you have really div uh, dove off of the deep end to really study this and you're exploring this. And so I think that the first thing for me is AI exists because there's just too much for us to even sift through at this point and we need a little bit of help. But that's just my opinion. What have you discovered? Yeah, and you're right. The more you see, the less you know. And probably when you were little, you didn't know that you didn't know because you don't know what's out there until you start going out and start to explore. So it could be sometimes even frustrating for people to realize that you're not going to be able to understand or learn everything. So these tools, the artificial intelligence tools, are just, uh, they compile what we give them through the internet and through that databases. And they put together with a language that we can communicate with very simple, simplistic, and easily to understand for us. You will have uh, so many things at once that you will be able to understand consistently and put together in just a couple of sentences which is very practical. I don't know if you have heard about all the restrictions now with uh, universities and uh, institutions. Yeah. Yeah, so now students so are... Yeah so. yeah. so now students, we didn't have that uh, during that time. 
But uh, now what they are doing is just if they get, uh, they need to uh, give a paper, write a paper or something, they go through the artificial intelligence and they ask the artificial intelligence to give them uh, all the, the information and pretty much the computer is doing the work for students. So now uh, people are afraid of, you know, people not learning because they are using technology to do that. So uh, there's the uh, counterpart which is the anti-artificial intelligence detector. So you can actually know if a text or idea has been spread over the internet before, uh, and it explores all, all the, the available databases. So it's pretty interesting. We are just like fighting one side through the other, getting, yeah. getting, getting more and more interesting now. Yeah. You know, there's, there's always going to be a sector of the population that that fights progress. Whether that progress is good or bad, we're not going to get into that argument right now. But there's always going to be a, a slice of the population that says, this is the way we need to go. And there's going to be another slice that says, no, I don't want to go there. That's wrong. Whoever's right, whoever's wrong doesn't matter. That's always going to happen. And so what's happening now, it sounds like, is, well, if this tool is available, it is going to make people not have to work so hard or not have to learn. Uh, they can just use AI and turn in their paper. Uh, and that's true. Uh, but but there might there's several sides to that argument. I mean, there's like a, there's like a whole rainbow of spectrum of things that could be produced from this. First of all, what AI is really doing is it is challenging, your antiquated forms of assessment of intelligence. Yeah. That's what's really happening because used to, we could just, if you turned in a paper, I'm going to grade you on the quality of this paper and see how well you wrote it and how strong your points were or whatever. Now AI can do that. And so is it even relevant for me to make those strong arguments or should there be another way that you assess me so that, I cannot reproduce this with AI rather than exactly. let's get more sophisticated technology. Why don't we change the way that we look at and what intelligence actually is thoughts on that? Yeah. So I don't think, well, first I, I, I think the, the education system is out of date, outdated hundred percent. It has to change. And this is probably just a, instead of a threat is an opportunity to rethink how we are getting our knowledge and the way people are learning new stuff. Uh, I really believe that when we were little, it was for, for upper generations, it was easier just to go to college and get a good job and uh, be able to buy a house and afford like probably one or two vehicles. Right now, if you go to college, that doesn't mean you're going to make it. You will probably have to... Uh, have two jobs or uh, start your own thing, uh, gig economy, do deliver pizzas, whatever, to compensate for the lack of money that you're not going to be able to make, even though you have your bachelor's degree and your four-year studies. So probably um, this will open 
people's minds and educators just to change that in the near future. Yeah, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. You know, and it's a one one way that you could look at this is a little simplistic, uh, but there was a point that we did not have digital calculators and digital calculators at the time, I'm sure were creating a huge debate like, oh, well, people are going to get stupid because they no longer have to do math. Now, there may be some truth to that uh, because not only will I gladly admit that I suck at math, but it's actually cool to admit that you suck at math. Like that has become socially acceptable behavior because we have calculators. And so you don't have to know. It, you don't have to know. But is it going to be considered cool to not know how to form an argument because AI can do it for me? Interesting question. I don't know. What do you think? Probably not, but probably we will just turn the page and do something else. It's like going to the movies. Uh, we have Netflix, but people still go to the movies. Uh, yeah. We have vehicles, but people still walk and jog. <laughs> That's true. So, that's true. And, and, you know, here's a, I saw, I saw a meme. This was a very deep philosophical meme, by the way. Uh, but I saw a meme the other day that had like this super angry professor and it was like, you have to turn in 5,000 words or it doesn't count or whatever. And then, and then it said real life. If you can't tell me in seven seconds, I'm out. <laughs> and yeah, so the, the real challenge has to be like attention spam, man, right yeah. now it's really it's yeah. gone. <laughs> how do I how do I take this entire point and this entire argument and boil it down to one sizzle sentence that's just going to really get my point across? Because nobody's going to read that paper anyway. A AI wrote it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, at, but at least that proves that you are good with computers. You know how to. You know how to talk manage. into one. <laughs> at least you know you're probably know how to turn it on. <laughs> Hey yeah, Siri, uh, antivirus. Yeah. Hey Siri, go to Chat GPT and ask it yeah. to write me a 500 word term paper on X. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Uh, I was recently invited from You'll Google. Need to download one. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Smart. My phone was right there. It was listening. It's always yeah. always listening. Be careful what you say. Yeah, man. it's listening to my car conversation right now. It's taking offense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were. Uh, I was invited. Two days ago, for a beta test from Google, um, they are about to start uh, putting out their artificial intelligence. Let's see how that goes. It's going to yeah. be very interesting because they have one of the biggest databases uh, worldwide. So um, they they need to compile and put together so much information. It's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be voice activated instead of typing. So it's going to be more human interaction instead of just typing. I don't know if, if you uh, have ever heard about chat GPT. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, okay. I've used have it. You, have you ever tried it? Played yes. with it? Love uh -huh. it? It's fun, right? Yeah. So, it does the job as long as you're clear enough with your instructions. Yeah, you need to be very clear. And uh, it has a little, a little bit of bias, I think. Uh, it depends on your point of view, but if you ask uh, ChatGPT certain questions, it will give you some answers that are not like very neutral. Mm -hmm. But 
um now that this is act uh, like put together with vehicles and everything uh, we're gonna start living in a different world it's gonna get very interesting yeah and so what are what are some of the top insights that you have found in in all of your study of ai and and what's on the horizon what are what are the top two or three kind of things that you've noticed that maybe uh maybe is not on the on the surface like something something you really have to dig to learn so i will tell you i don't know yeah. <laughs> that's okay right? that's okay <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um I, I'm, I'm working on a paper and not using artificial intelligence just my own but um uh, uh, jobs that will be replaced by artificial intelligence first wave. I mean, uh, you can see it right now. For example, bank tellers. Uh, you, uh, if you go to Bank of America here in Austin, downtown, or Street in Lavaca, they have a Bank of America branch that it's managed only by screens and computers. They don't have any people, actual people over there. So if you're willing to do something, you enter a small room and you will just press a button and the teller that it's somewhere, I don't know if, if the person is in China or Hawaii or Alaska, and uh, they will verify your information with your ID. They have a scanner. So you will scan your ID just to make sure it's you and from there, you can do anything and whatever you like. Uh, so bank tellers are gone. Uh, we have ATMs and everything. Uh, I think lawyers, uh, I don't know if you know about uh, legal Zoom. It's pretty much they are starting with the artificial intelligence. They know or all, all the previous cases and uh, it's called jurisprudence i think uh it's uh what the judge comes out the final decision of the judge when they are handling a case and that that database has all the information so the artificial intelligence will let you know how to defend yourself against any situation so i think lawyers will be long gone um and uh, i mean it's threatening for some positions they also just opened uh, a McDonald's that is only operated by artificial intelligence back in forward Texas. So it's a drive-through and you will talk to a, a Siri or Google voice order, place your order and, uh, and the food machines will prep machine. your burgers. Wow. Yeah. So no people just, and that makes sense now. After the pandemic, with the lack of workers, uh, I, I manage restaurants and, man, it has been very difficult to get people. Uh, so that's something that will help probably to um, the industry. And it's, it's, a, it's a threat on, the si uh, on one side. On the other side, it's an opportunity. It's the way I, I see it. So the, the big question that, that most people are going to think about in this situation, if all these jobs are getting replaced... And uh, there are certain jobs that are that are always going to be protected and if jobs that have to do with interpersonal relationships and that sort of thing. They'll be the last to go until 
until the robots just take over and you know we wally becomes like a reality uh but yeah. uh the the big question is well if those types of jobs are replaced what do those people do where do they go the question because I we're, think not, we, we're not making less people miguel <laughs> yeah it's growing every time i think we're gonna end up giving uh basic income to people and we're going to be like the Greeks that they used to be just uh, supported by their governments and just the, the military, the food supplies. And I think everything will, it's going to be cheaper because no labor cost. So it's going to be very cheap to produce anything. Um, and we're going to have an opportunity to do other do you, things. Do you think though, that just because something is cheaper to make that prices will be lower as a, is a, is an AI hamburger at McDonald's cheaper because it doesn't cost them as much to make? Probably not, not, not oh, yet, no. but once they produce more, probably they will lower costs and supply and demand loss. If they don't, if people don't buy it because they don't have the income to or the resources, the prices will go low. Interesting. Yeah, and you know, it's it's creating all of these, uh, all of these interesting kind of situations that we're going to have to navigate through that we don't really know how to navigate through. And of course, that's okay. That's okay because we don't know. <laughs> that's right. So let's get into the Duzong Diagnostic. You ready? I'm ready. Five quick questions. First thing that comes to your mind. Number one, what's one thing you do, Miguel, that keeps you focused on your goals? Um, the first thing in the morning that I do every day uh, is just check my... I, I use an app from Google call. Um, it's... Here, check it out. It's the Google Keep. I have specific goals and that pops up every morning. And with that, uh, it's just a reminder that I need to do something specific. I have 10 tasks for the entire year. And I will accomplish. If I'm lucky enough, I will accomplish that. Hopefully. Cool. And, and how do you get back on track whenever you lose that focus? Well, uh, I, I take some time off. Uh, especially on the weekends, just to do nothing, just to uh, say or just like rethink about what's going on. And uh, I do that on a regular basis, regardless of what's going on, what's happening, uh, one or two hours at least to be calm because if you're stressed or anything, you're not going to be able to to go to the next step. Yeah. And who's your support group and how do they keep you accountable? Uh, I have very proactive and smart people that are working with me. And we have talks once a week about what are the main goals of what we are doing what are, and what are we trying to achieve and how close we are to that specific or specific tasks. Okay. Awesome. And uh, how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? Well, uh, writing, it's uh, something, I don't know if it's psychological, but if you 
put anything on paper, it's like magic. Everything gets clearer. If you use just uh, the computer and type, it won't happen. So what I do is just I just start writing by hand. And if I don't get the answer right away, it will come out uh, the next day or the next couple of days. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's like magic. Hmm. Awesome. And uh, last question, what's the number one pro tip that you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? Just be consistent and be very strict with your time. Don't waste your time thinking and waiting for everything to be ready. Just do it. Nice. And so uh, talk to me a little bit, Miguel, about uh, you're, you're doing a lot of research. You're, you're really diving deep into AI. What's it all for? What's the, uh, what's the goal for this? Are you, are you starting something? Are you starting a business? Um, tell us more. I'm planning just to be more proactive, what the trends are. Um, I, I've found that people are leaning towards the, not face-to-face, especially the newer generations. And I don't want to be left behind. You know, I'm getting older every day, not getting any younger. So if I don't research, I don't, I don't want to be the, the one that doesn't know how to manage that change in technology. It's an interesting point that you're making about... Uh... Younger generations want to be less face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things kind of going back to the uh, the conversation we were having earlier. There are people right now who are resisting the advancements in technology because, well, no, you should be able to write a paper and you can't use AI. Rather than changing the way that they uh, assess intelligence and capability, they're holding firm. Like, this is the way it used to be. And the way it used to be has to be better. And I go through that struggle quite a bit with my daughter, who just turned 16. Ouch. Yeah. And uh, and communicating with her is a tremendous challenge because I want to sit down and talk to her face to face, you know, like a human being, because that's the way that I understand it. And I can obligate her to do that, but I get a lot of resistance. She would much rather text me from the other room, (laughs) which doesn't make any sense to me, but it's how she communicates with all of her contemporaries. And so I am the anachronism in that situation, you know, and I can, and I can lay down the law and this is how you talk, you know, but if, but if she's surrounded by people who don't communicate that way, I'm the one that stands out whether I'm right or not. It doesn't matter if I'm right or not. What matters is what is the way that most people are going to communicate and most people are going to process and digest knowledge. And to be honest, you know, that, that is the thing that puts uh, the more interpersonal jobs and career paths potentially at jeopardy because newer generations may not even want to interact with humans at all. (laughs) You know, they may just want to interface through 
AI and robots and holograms or something like that, anything that's not face-to-face. And so it's fascinating to really think about, pay attention to those context clues. They're right in front of you. You just got to decide if you want to see them or not. Yeah, you will have to adapt. And adapting is very difficult. It just, uh, that reminds me, one of my teachers, uh, uh, Matt, actually, God, God bless her. She, she said uh, something like, Miguel, you're not going to have a calculator handy every single time. <laughs> and we do have it right now. So, <laughs> touche. Yeah, touche. So yeah. probably right. right now we are that teacher and we are resisting to adapt uh, what's changing. Yeah, that's a great point. Because now what we're saying is, you know, kid, at some point, you are going to have to face another human being and and navigate that relationship and all of the subtle difficulties that come along with that. And I, I don't I'm not confident that I'm right about that anymore. I'm not sure that she will have to face another human being and deal with relationship subtleties and that sort of thing. She may be able to do it all via text and strip all of the context out whatsoever yeah. and not have to ever have a real-time conversation. Who knows? But that's the way that it's going, and and you, that's a great example. You're not always going to have a calculator handy. Warm. i got a phone <laughs> in my pocket. Not only is it a calculator, but it has access to everything that has ever existed. Yeah. You know, nobody could have predicted that. And so what could nobody have predicted now that's going to happen in the next 10, 15 years? Yeah, we got to be flexible and just, it's hard, I know, but if if we don't do it, we're going to be just left behind because everything will change regardless of what we think. So it's better if we adapt. Um, I, I, I read a very good book about the, Algebra of Happiness by Professor Scott Galloway. He talks about how people are losing that skill to be face-to-face and to interact with other humans. So if we have it, we can pass it on. Uh, Because you don't learn that at school, but you can probably teach that to your daughter uh, regardless of her resistance she will she will learn texting and social media with her friends and everything but those skills are only passed by you to her so mm-hmm. yeah yeah awesome man so uh well how can uh how can people reach out and get a hold of you if they want to connect sure uh just add mika bram mika without the l on twitter and uh, i'm always there Miguel Bram. Yes. Always on Twitter. He's always on, guys. Always on. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for coming on here and sharing some of your wisdom uh, about artificial intelligence and the the new, uh, the coming technology wave and how it's going to potentially impact us as human beings. So once again, if you want to keep hearing great content like this, be sure to follow and subscribe to the Do Zone podcast on Apple and or Spotify. If you want to reach out to Miguel Brambila, you can catch him on Twitter, Miguel Brem, uh, at Miguel Brem. If you listen to us on your morning commute or workout or you're out in the field, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at 
JT literally. Tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're ready to break the seven-figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here ain't going to get you there, then it's time to make some changes and we can help. Go to imfactor1.com now for a special message I made just for you on the exact changes you can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with, because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.